and welcome to Deep Shit with Baron Vaughn. See, I like saying it in that voice. It's kind of a Casey Kasemis kind of voice, you know, and it makes it sound even sillier. Deep Shit with Baron Vaughn, number one of the deepest of shits. I, that sounds disgusting. Anyway, uh, it's uh, nice to uh, be here talking to your ears. Uh, you listening? <laughs> it's just a good combination. Um, my talking your ears, it's just a kerfuffle of goodness. Is that a combination of words that exists at all? Kerfuffle of goodness? That sounds like a great name for a Jethro Tull cover band. Ha! We're kerfuffle of goodness and then just jam it out in flute. Yeah, black guy. Jethro Tull reference. Anyway, the guy, the guy who I'm talking to, it's actually a woman. Uh, that I'm talking to on this episode is named Lisa Beth Johnson. Uh, Lisa Beth and I uh, met over Twitter. Ladybird J is her handle if you want to follow her. And uh, I found her quite entertaining. She found me entertaining. We started interacting, hung out a couple times, had some really good talks. So I thought of her as a perfect candidate to be on my podcast. And we are tackling the subject of truth. And this is something that she said she's always struggling with, like her own personal truth and how it relates to other people and uh, truth outside of oneself. So that's the thing. It's truth outside of oneself and truth inside of oneself, which is not just a great pickup line at a bar by a guy whose parents ironically named him Truth. Hey, you want some truth inside of you? A friend of mine who listened to this episode said, I think the best thing, which is, I disagreed with most of everything you said, but I enjoyed myself. So I hope that you do one of those things. Not both. That's too much to ask. Just one. And I hope it's the the positive one. You know, um, I was once in this bookstore in Boston. I went to school in Boston, and there was this sto- there was this book there because they were like, oh, college kids are like this. It was called The Simpsons and Philosophy, mm-hmm. which was a part of a series of books that had been written. And one was Seinfeld and philosophy, Matrix and philosophy. And they got all these different philosophy professors from different colleges in the country to write, um, you know, a little essay about um, some philosophical idea that is expressed in one of these movies or TV shows. Philosophy for dummies who only watch TV. Exactly. Exactly. And there was I I flipped through the Simpsons one and there were two that caught my attention. There was um, Homer Simpson as the Aristotelian ideal. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. (laughs) And um, the one about Lisa is the one that really caught my attention. And it was called um, Lisa Simpson, Our Love-Hate Relationship with Know-It-Alls. And it was all about how Lisa's a know-it-all. She's very smart, and that's why everyone hates her. And it talked about like the idea that we have of uh, – it kind of connects to that, well, you think you're better than me sort of philosophy that a lot of people have. Where it's like, well, that's your opinion, and this is my opinion. Oh, you think you're better than me? It all kind of connects, right? Mm-hmm. And then this, whoever this, I remember it was a woman that wrote, read, wrote, read it, that read it. There was a woman that wrote it. She wrote it, and she read it. You know, <laughs> she was riding on her pen. She it was. A, she had a pen that had wings on it. It was called a pensgasis. Hmm. Um, that is something we can strike from the record <laughs> later. Um, feel free to laugh into the microphone. I'm going to, yeah, okay. <laughs> you totally turned away. That was very. I did. I didn't want to be like, ha, ha, ha. Is that what you laugh like? Yeah. <laughs> you just, you if look... I turn towards the microphone, that's how I start laughing. You laugh like a Muppet saying Otherwise, gibberish. if I turn away, I get, do a delicate little giggle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but. That's, so that, is that what's delicate? Is that the difference between um, uh, rude and delicate? Like turning your head away from the ears of whoever's listening to you? In my opinion, absolutely. Mm, well, you are Texan, so you're you got you got that. That's how we do it in the South. <laughs> I like that you said South with an F, because um, that's how it's that's correct. Um, what the hell was that? Oh yeah. Well, there was this one idea 
in the book that I thought was really interesting, which is all about like how we're obsessed with opinions Mm -hmm. and like, oh, that's your opinion and this is my opinion. And her case was that that can't be. If everything was a, if everything was a matter of opinion, then there's no such thing as an expert. Yeah, or a fact. Or a fact, mm-hmm. exactly. And that was the whole thing. But we we it has to do with our insecurity, I guess, as a culture, and that we we are we're we're shitty to people who are really really smart, and we want to say that no, you know, to to basically undermine undermine their education or their smarts would say, well, that's your opinion. Or undermined it. Or undermined it. I said undermined, and then I said undermine, secondly. How dare you? <laughs> I don't, you know what? Undermined. Undermined. Undermined okay. what I was saying. Never mind and undermined it. Mm-hmm. You undermined my never mind. Anyway, hi. Um, my point is, it kind of brings us into our subject for the day, I believe, for this podcast, for this ep episode, um, spelled ep episode. <laughs> Because when I asked you, when I put the question to you, Lisa Beth Johnson, LBJ, Lyndon Baines, of what is the mm-hmm. thing? That's it. Yeah. Everybody in the Johnson family reacts like that. <laughs> you related to that, President? Hootie hoo. Yay boo. Yay boo. That's very Texan. Um, when I put to you, what is the, the, the life idea that you come back to over and over again? You said. Trust. Trust. I did say trust. You said truth. Truth. Same. Yes. Truth, truth and trust are not the same. No, I guess. Did I say that? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought I said trust because we were talking about the mingling of the two. Yeah. Well, truth and trust, they do go together. But, um, well, how do they go together to you? Well, it actually does tie in exactly to what you're saying. Because if you, because in order to have something be a fact, um, it has to be true on a level that is outside of opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's also what you have to have in order to have adequate trust. I like that. <laughs> All right. Episode over. Let's get now. Boom. Boom. I'm just going to, that's going to be the thing that I do way too much of. That's totally fine if you do, because it's going to be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to make onomatopoeia every, every now and then. Sorry, guys. I got an onomatopoeia uh, scene. Yes, I know. Your disgust and disapproval is totally, you just totally undermined me. And that's That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> But um, so you're saying that like um, that you have to trust that something is a fact, right? Well, actually, no, opposite. You have the fact that something is a trust. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, only the verbal opposite. No, you have to something that is a truth um, exists outside of trust. Like mm. you, you don't trust science or logic; it just exists. Well, some people, some people, yeah, would, some yeah. people would. Some people don't agree with that, and they're usually politicians that are running for president. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is that that is a thing. Math is a thing, and these are laws of the universe. And uh, that's that's a truth. I mean, um, emotional truth is something else. But yeah, I was going to say personal. Yeah. But I guess it's the same personal emotional truth. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the thing that's always at odds with actual truth, mm-hmm. right? Right. Especially if you talk about it in terms of the politicians, right. where it's just kind of like, sure, science is one idea, mm-hmm. but here's what I feel in my gut. Yeah. Here's my personal truth. Or Michelle Bachman isn't uh, 
wrong. She doesn't have she doesn't have misinformation. She just is very emotional. Mm. No, like she straight up said something that was not true. Right, but she felt it. Right, and everybody's like, you know what? I she likes it. I like because you I know, like it when people feel things. You know, and um, I had this debate with a friend of mine who. Probably three weeks after Obama was elected, she was completely disillusioned. She's like, he's not doing anything. I'm like, it's been three weeks. I don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. <laughs> but she kind of had this this feeling about him. And, it, and it's it's um, something we talked about a lot. But it seems like it's the, dif- the difference between Bush and Obama, right? And that Bush um, went with his gut. Mm-hmm. He felt it. It's in there, you know? And then Obama looks at evidence. And he looks at, he thinks about it, he strategizes, he asks people's opinions, mm-hmm. and then he makes a decision. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be the people who liked Bush obviously liked that he just went for it. And wrong or right, at least he went for it. At least he did something. And this Obama is lollygagging all the time, trying to figure out what is right. Why don't you just do something and then we'll see if it's right or wrong? Well, the people who feel like it's that he went with his gut and that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I would even argue I don't know that they actually felt that way or if they were told to feel that way so often that they started to feel that way. Do explain. Extrapolate. Uh, I think that GOP strategists, I don't mean to get this like hyper-political. Uh-oh, let's do it. Go it. Do it. But I think that GOP strategists try so hard to inundate their base with very specific messages mm-hmm. that are kind of like little talking points. Talking you know, points, little of course. Bullet, little yeah. bullet points. To the point where that it it becomes like a a fortress that you can't can't penetrate. Yeah. No, and I remember because I remember being in my stepfather is having a lot of health issues and is trying to get on disability, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he has diabetes medication, and then suddenly some things changed, and everything's more expensive, and the process to get it is um um the process to get it is 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 bigger is longer mm-hmm. and um he um is all like obama 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 right is and that negative or positive negative okay it's it's obama's healthcare plan this is why this is happening i'm like i don't think that's it hasn't started yeah. uh cuz this is like a year ago that yeah. we're talking about yeah. or maybe even longer than a year ago um and my mother was talking i was saying something about like i was telling her about how what he is saying is completely misinformed and I was trying to explain to her about some of the things that are going to happen with what his health care is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, it's complicated enough. And then I was like, what are you talking about? So then I realized that the whole death panel thing, remember that? Remember that? She had totally bought into that. Mm-hmm. Or she was confused. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's a little bit more of the strategy, where it's not like, just say outright lies, but so much information... Mm-hmm. Just just so much of it that you don't know what's what. And you hear repetition of things that, you know, aren't aren't outright lies, but are, you know, very, very specifically picked. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you, because it, like, and, it, and it appeals to that gut reaction. It appeals but, to the emotional sort of like, that's not what I like. And that's the uh, that's that's what makes it sad is that there's no truth when you can just pick one uh one number out of you know some report and then use it in a, as just a blanket go, just go crazy death panels let's do it yeah right exactly yeah um that's a sad state that i think we're in well i mean i think that's the um uh, 
that's what's going on. Yeah, that's definitely the state. What is and isn't true? Isn't isn't that the uh, the, the the question that the country is just kind of wavering on mm-hmm. in a sort of a way? I don't know what's what anymore, man. All I know is that this I don't have a job and I don't have any health insurance and those those that do nothing. Congress. Oh man, the the slogans. Yeah, the buzzwords. They're just so great. Yeah, they're yeah great. Is one word. <laughs> um, what? Go ahead. No, you no. You got some feelings in there. Let them out. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I think that it's also difficult because there, like you said, there's so much information and it's Mm -hmm. so readily available and it's just so, it almost makes our brain shut down. Because there's too much. It's that fortress like you were talking about. So then, so then an element of trust comes in where people choose what news they're going to watch based on, you know, I think certain certain predilections they have already in their mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they think maybe things were better back then, or they think, you know, on the other end that they are really concerned about, uh, you know, certain people's rights. Mm-hmm. So they tend towards another direction and it's just, then you get this, you go to the information that kind of confirms what it is you yeah. want to believe. And then you, and then you get to the state where we are now that I don't, that is, you know, disturbing where you just have these two polar opposites that are just getting their news feed from, yeah. from two different sides. And, they're, all, and, they're both going, they're ruining everything. No, yeah. they're ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like very little middle ground. Well, in a, in a personal way, bringing it back to you. Please. <laughs> I mean, this all connects. I like where this is going. I, I, I know. I mean, it all connects because you're talking about truth versus personal truth right in a sort of a way and i feel like when you and i um first talked about this that you you talked a little bit about what is trying to find out what your own personal truth is Mm -hmm. and how it does or doesn't relate to other people's right is that is that something i made up in my head when i was uh, thinking about this or is that something that you actually expressed to me no i think i think that's true and i think that's why um those two quotes that i kind of chose um those two quotes yeah well, let, I wonder you, what those quotes are. Um, oh, here they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll read. I'll read. I'll read one of these quotes. Quotes. Um, it's a quote from the movie Clute. Is a quote. Oh. <laughs> I'll read one of these quotes. Wait, there's you, a movie Clute. You never heard of the movie Clute? No. What? C L U E T. No, K L U T E. What? Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll read one of these quotes. You can tell me what you think and feel about it. Why it appeals to you. And then I will look up the movie Clute. Okay. So you can know who's in it. It's a 70s movie, I believe. It's a good compromise. Yeah, it's a good compromise. All right. The first quote is from um, uh, a guy who's not really known well called Buddha. In a controversy, the instant we feel anger, we have already ceased striving for the truth and have begun striving for ourselves. I'll read that again. I feel like uh, Alex Trebek. (laughs) Like when he says the the answer, he's like, Mm -hmm. sorry, the answer was Lake Erie. Lake Erie. Eerie. <laughs> in a controversy, the wait. I'm, I'm feel like I'm not reading this correctly. Cause That's because you're. You should be saying controversy. Con- controversy. No. I feel like there's some some, some uh, punctuation missing here. But in a controversy, the in- the instinct. <laughs> 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 the instinct we feel anger. I don't even know what accent that is. That's like a European guy that lives in is Mexico. It? it sounds like Speedy Gonzalez. Is it? Uh, there's some. There's something in it after Speedy Gonzalez, but there's something in it that's very European oh, at the same time. Oh, that's Spain. Yes, I don't even know. 
<laughs> I don't even know. It's just a voice in my head. In a controversy, the instant we feel anger, we have already ceased striving for the truth and have begun striving for ourselves. Am I reading that right? I feel like I'm missing all of the... Yeah, you, you give it a shot. I feel like I'm missing something with the, uh, the, the thing. In a controversy, the instant we... But there's no comma there. See, that's why I'm not, there's no comma after that. Uh, yeah, there should be a comma there. Buddha guy Technically, needs there to be read the or rules. the internet needs to pick it up. Well, I'm sure Buddha writing in English was... Yeah, everyone, everything's in English. The Bible's in English. Continue. Mm-hmm. In a controversy, the instant we feel anger, we have already ceased striving for the truth and have begun striving for ourselves. Wow, it makes way more sense when you say it. <laughs> now, what does that quote mean to you? Um, That is... That ties in very well, I think, with mm-hmm. what we have been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, what? I'm just going to do that the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be the ladies' man. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> Please don't. Um, because uh, the second something becomes personal, you bring it out of a realm of logic. The, the instant you start taking something personally... something that is supposed to be a fact and is supposed to uh, not be infused with passion in any way or have you see (sighs) go ahead struggle through it (laughs) I'm going to work through this undermine it okay (laughs) Um, get uh, under your mind truth exists in a realm that should be as much as you can devoid of passion so if you start feeling anger when you hear something is true you're looking at it through a in a mirror as opposed mm. to a window. Your, your mind is clouded. Yeah. From the truth because you made it personal. Right. Hmm. Very interesting. I like that. Here's something. What do you think about this? Because I feel like, and I hate to be like, men are like this and women are like this, right? Because I know certain women who... Men dance like this and women dance like this. Men drive like this <laughs> and women drive like this with their hair in their faces. Um, cause they all have long hair. Am I right? Tell me about Mars. Tell me. Yeah. Well, I'm not from Neil or am I? Yeah. Men are from Mars. I forget. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Oh yes. <laughs> this is something I've noticed. Um, and when I say men and women, I, it's just stuff that I've seen a lot and I don't necessarily think that these are the truths about men and women as much as it, we're socialized to be a certain way. And a lot of the times if you're like men are like this and women are like this, which a lot, most people are, it feeds it. And then you start acting like that. Then the behavior becomes justifiable. Well, I'm a guy, and that's what guys do, et cetera, et cetera, right? right? But what I have noticed, more so for men and less so for women, and this is maybe just me, when when I have an emotional reaction to something, right, when somebody does or says something, and I have a reaction, like, what the hell did that mean, or why did they do that, right? When I talk to the person about it, and I find out that I misinterpreted something, or they're like, oh, that's not what I meant at all. No, 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 it was this, this, and this. The moment I find out, that I, I the emotional reaction's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Like it's like, oh, I see. I misinterpreted this and this and this, and then I'm over the reaction. But I have noticed, in general, and specific, certain ex girlfriends of mine, if they have an emotional reaction to something, and the moment I said, no, 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 you misinterpreted it, it was this and this and this and this. Even if they see logically that, oh, okay, I misinterpreted that. I saw that wrong. Emotionally, they still want to be angry or frustrated. Well, I think in some instances that's because sometimes it just takes a little while for those feelings of anger to go away as opposed, you know, people who don't have as much 
practice controlling their emotions mm-hmm. might need more time to have it settle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not something that women are taught as much as men are, you know. Well, not now. You're saying that women are taught to be more emotional, right? Historically, yeah. Well, in, would... this, in this century, I think that's definitely true. Right. Because it used to be different. Victorian England, the women were the, the logical, virginal sort of beings, and men were these brutes. No, they weren't. They were. They, they were. The word hysterical is a, is a term that comes from the idea that they used to think that women's uteruses. Yeah, but that's only certain women when their uteruses started acting up. <laughs> they got hysterical. It's like, uh-oh, that woman's uterus, as opposed to what a normal woman is like when the uterus is kept in check. Oh, my God. <laughs> Keep your uterus in check. That's what's always great about reading medical science from like before the 1900s where it's like, wow, all of this is sexist and racist. You see the Negroid species. Oh, (laughs) I'm already done with this sentence. Yeah. And take that. Can I say the word bitch? Yeah, of course. Can you say the word bitch? No. (laughs) This. this. (laughs) Go ahead. Take that bitch's uterus out. You know, maybe she'll stop. Uh, that was really not um, no. what I thought you were going to use the word bitch for. Really? Like, you asked if you could use the word bitch, and then you gave me something that was kind of middling. What did you think was going to happen? I thought you were going to be like, bitch, just for no reason. Uh-oh. Just at some point, put that in there. I will. Okay. I will. That's going to come when you least expect Well, here's a response to what you just said. Um, the movie Clute came out in 1971. <laughs> here's, here's the synopsis. One man is missing. Two girls lie dead. And someone breathing on the other end of the phone. What? That doesn't even have a full sentence. Let me just let me just read this real quick. A small town detective searching for a missing man has only one lead: a connection with a New York prostitute, starring Jane Fonda. Okay. Yay. Donald Sutherland. <gasps> Big gay. Roy Scheider. Big gay. Yeah, and that's pretty much everybody else that in- continued to have. Careers. I am into all of those actors. Yeah, and this is 1971, and it was directed by um, Alan J. Pakula or Pakula, which I can never remember. Is it a C H or a K? It's a P A K P A K U L A. But he's directed like a lot of great stuff. Like I always forget how to say it. Like Would he directed. Would you say Pakula like Bakula? Like Bakula, but I think it's like Pakula. Some film students could tell me how it is. Here's they some will. of the movies that he's known for. They will. The Pelican Brief. Ew. Sophie's Choice. <gasps> That's the best movie ever. All the President's Men. Yeah. And Presumed Innocent. See? Not a not a joke. Sophie's Choice is the best movie ever. Really? I've never seen Sophie's Choice. Because I know what I know what she has to choose between. That's not the crux of the movie. Are you sure? Though. I hear that the whole thing's not about like Sophie choose. It, it's it's not like it's a train going and then she chooses and then the train goes down. I the thought hill. the whole thing was just her coming into metaphorical and literal forks in the road when she's like, should I go left or should I go right? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, Burger King or McDonald's? <laughs> hmm, take the stairs, take the elevator, <laughs> and some guy just comes out. It's your choice, Sophie. <laughs> And then Meryl Streep won awards for it, right? Isn't that... That seems like an yeah. accurate... Every choice she just answers with, take my little girl. <laughs> oh! Boom! A reference to the movie from Lisa Beth. Smooth, 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 okay. uh, The movie is amazing. And Kevin Klein is amazing. Kevin, I, Kevin I have Klein, three adjectives at my disposal. Kevin Klein... Yeah, that's, that's it. Kevin Klein can eat toast. And I'll watch it. That dude is just incredible. Yeah. Anything he does, I'm like, ah, yep, yep. To uh, me, this is my favorite role he ever had. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, this is one of his breakthrough roles, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Breakthrough roles. I don't know why I went back to Spain. This one of his breakthrough roles, isn't not. <laughs> yes, I see what you're doing. You know what? I know a guy from Brazil, and that's kind of what he talks like. Mm. Oh, this is one of your breakthrough roles, right? <laughs> 
Yes, I uh, would like a breakthrough roll. Um, can I get some breakthrough bagels? It's like if your Russian accent had sex with your Spanish accent. That's what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You. I just get a really messed up accent. Mm. Anyway. Wait, not just had sex, had a baby. I forgot that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Sometimes uh, sex. Wait, what a weird concept. Sometimes sex um, is uh, for procreation. Isn't that strange? Penis plus vagina equals baby. Yeah. Um, penis plus vagina equals something with a penis or a vagina. <laughs> or both. Do you know like what I was thinking also about the thing you said about the Clute? your girlfriend? Oh, yeah. My ex. <laughs> one of my exes. Let's get back to Clute. Yeah. Um, I think also girls may hear you say that that's not what you meant and not believe you. Yeah, but you know what? I never make a girl feel like they're crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like you're crazy, whatever. That's not I don't I don't I don't react emotionally. Right. So and I think sometimes that some some women read that as I don't care or I'm not really being truthful. That I'm like, no, I'm just calm and I'm telling you what actually happened and what I meant. And this is that and this and this. And of course they don't trust me, but then sometimes most of the time they find out that later, oh, okay, that was true. Mm. What he said. And but now we're not together, so I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? Right to them. That's their that's their mentality. Yeah. No. Okay. No. 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 I was just caught in a brain warp. What? What was the brain warp? I was just thinking about uh, women responding to um, to logic in an emotional state, and I was going to ask you when you're in a heightened emotional state, how you respond to either logic or otherwise. I become very calm mm-hmm. in a heightened emotional state. Everything slows down. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been robbed and everything slows down. I become extremely calm or I've been in this place where I had to make a split second decision between that, that I almost died. And then I had to make a decision. And for some reason, everything slowed down and I was able to make the right choice. Do you want to talk about that? Um, not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Just like just stuff in a car semi recently or, um, you know, and I'll, cause I, it's kind of amazing how much. We spend as human beings thinking about what we'll do when that thing that hasn't happened will happen. Mm-hmm. You know, oh man, when this happened, I'm going to feel like this. Mm-hmm. And I believe that psychology has taught us that the probably the thing that we're worst at is predicting how we'll feel when something happens. Right. We always talk about, I'm going to feel this and that and this. And then when the thing happens, it's nothing like we ever expected most of the time. Right. Have mm-hmm. you found that to be true in yourself? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, to some degree. I think people do that because they're thinking about what's going to happen and then they start logically. Yeah. Know. And you don't react logically a lot of times. You react emotionally. You go into, as some people called it, a trance. Actually, there's this book, Emotional Intelligence. Have you ever read that book? That was too long of, an, uh, Wait, too long of a pause. <laughs> I feel like I have. Well, it was written in the 70s. Daniel Goleman? Yes. Yeah. Where he, it's kind of it's kind of what invented the whole idea of emotional intelligence. Well, not invented it, but he kind of coined the phrase. Fla- the phrase. He coined the phrase, which is a phrase made from flan. Um, uh, but he talks about the EQ as opposed to the IQ. But he talks about emotional quotient, right? Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the book, he talks a lot about how the brain hasn't evolved in fifty thousand years, and how we have all of these sometimes biological emotional responses to things that have nothing to do with anything. It's just that like, right, lizard brain, blah, 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 sort of stuff that people talk about all the time. And he talks about how the brain is really, 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 really um, indirect with how it decides something emotionally. Like he said, there's like, there's two paths. Like there's like, if you think of like the dot of, of processing something 
and the dot of the thing happening, your brain, there's signals going through two paths. One is the first path that you react quickly from, and the other one is the logical path. He's like, for example, if you're walking through the forest and there's a stick that you see out of the corner of your eye, you might go, that's a snake, right? Mm -hmm. You immediately think, that's a snake. You jump over. You jump over a bush. You've reacted before you even thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then once you're on the bush, you're like, wait a minute, that was a stick. Then you look at, oh, yeah, it's a stick. So the other reaction got there slower. The real or the one where you're, you've really processed it. Right. Right. He talked about being asleep at night in his bed with his wife. And there were some boxes in his closet. Two o'clock in the morning. And just for some reason, um, they were put in there precariously and then they fell over. And he jumped out. He heard the, the crash. He jumped out of bed and immediately stood in the doorway because mm-hmm. his brain was like earthquake. Yeah. You know, and that's that was like trained into him from a kid growing up in California. He's like earthquake. Get in the doorway. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he realized, oh, wait a minute. That was just some boxes. I think also he wasn't in California. I think right. it was like he was like somewhere where earthquakes don't happen. And he was like, wait a minute. I'm in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's not an earthquake probably boxes mm-hmm. right so i've noticed that because i always i, I kind of i've noticed it once i've noticed that a lot emotional reactions from people when and everyone has had this experience when someone touches you looks at you or talks to you in a certain tone that directly reflects something else that has happened to you and then suddenly you're in that emotional moment it's like time travel right emotional time travel I remember there was this girl in college once that um, I touched her ribs uh-huh. in some way that I had no clue about. Mm-hmm. And she reacted so violently because it was like this real emotional reaction of someone touched her ribs in a way that I don't know about. And then suddenly she was in that moment and she yelled at me like I was that person. She said stop or no, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, whoa. And then after it, she realized what she had done, and she was really apologetic. Were you in like a? Were you in a? Uh, I'm. No one can see what I'm doing. Are you? Were you in like a? Getting down. You're, you're doing a lot of uh, gyrate. You're doing like you're wringing your fists <laughs> a lot and doing a lot of chop movements. So, and you, you, what you're trying to say is getting down. Yeah. So now I know when you get down, there's a lot of chopping and wringing involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you, you, you take you, where you take a guy's penis. It's like karate. And you basically are trying to squeeze the water out of it, yeah. like you just wash some dishes. I learned how to have sex from Mr. Miyagi. So. Oh, okay. You wax on, you wax yeah, off yeah. perfectly. I mean, I feel bad for like, oh, is all the water out of that yet? Nope. Still got to squeeze. Still got to ring it a little bit more. Uh, so were you? No, we weren't. You it were was, like it was, walking, it, and maybe you just no, no. It was it. a rehearsal. Oh, okay. We were in school and, and during a rehearsal, and it was a, it was a play that we were doing, and there's a lot of people there. Yeah. So it was like you know, there's like this some physical techniques and stuff that we've you know studied in college, and I was giving her adjustments, and then when I got to the ribs, this thing happened. So it was I was already touching her right, with right. her permission, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it was yeah, you know, and then I was like whoa, and I reacted, I took it. I just got yelled at in a in a way I don't realize, and she was super apologetic, and then became upset that I was upset mm. because I was upset that I got yelled at, even though I knew it had nothing to do with me. But I was still reacting because it just had happened, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry," and I was like, I, I, uh, "I'm gonna go over here, right?" And then she got really upset because of that. Hmm. I've done a thing before where someone has said a, a certain, like, called me a certain thing or something, and that it made me. What did they call you? Uh, well, bitch, oddly enough, but 
but uh, yeah, the word that you asked if you can say. Yeah, I now like, I know you have a you have an emotional response to that word. I like I like to I like to say that word, and I don't mind it being said for the most part. But there, you know, there are certain. Will you uh, paint the picture? Like, what was the story of this? How did? Uh, it was one of just one of those situ- situations where someone's like, "Oh, I was joking," and but now it's like that eh, tone of voice did not sound joking. You know, mm. were they joking? Uh. I believe they thought they were. But the tone of voice hit you in a specific way. Right. And my, mm. I grew up with uh, uh, two older brothers and a dad, and they were teasy. You know, big, loud, teasy family. <laughs> and um, I like teasy as an adjective. And my my dad, uh, I, I, I don't want to say anything bad about it, but he would say, he one time or two, like, called me a bitch to ruffle my feathers because he liked to push buttons, you know. Right. You're the only girl. Right, right, right. Okay. And he's like, why are you being such a bitch or something like that? Yeah. But with a smile. Basically, yeah. he was tickling you with the word bitch. Right, right. And you were saying stop. Right. But he thought you were laughing. Right. And was confused. And then, you know, I turned militant in my later teens. So you were like eight, nine when he was calling you a bitch? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying that this would happen like when I was, right when I was, you know, growing into my independence. And Your one time and one time he did it and I slapped him. You slapped your father? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't do it super hard, but I did it to like sh- be like, no more of this. And how did he react to that? He kind of like made like a smiley, whoa face and... Then we were good. <laughs> he never called you a bitch again. No, we talked about it. We're a very open, loving family. Oh, Jesus Christ. Minus the bitch calling. <laughs> Get out of my place. We're an open, loving family. We we know how to communicate with each other. No, we don't do, we don't do that. We're just loud and loving. Oh, okay. You don't know how to communicate with each other. You're just loud. Uh, yeah. Communicate through volume and jokes. That's Volume and jokes. Yeah. Sounds very functional. Mm. Well, you guys are still together. I mean, your family, right? No, that's right. Right. They're gone. No, well, they're not gone. They're no, just, I know. There was a divorce. The, the the idea of the family is gone. The family unit. I'm trying to say this in the least gentle way that I possibly can. <laughs> the family unit died right. is what happened. The family unit got sent to a farm. They got sent to a farm. Mm-hmm. Eee, a fam, fam farm? No, I got nothing. Um, well, here's another. Speaking of your childhood, <laughs> that's what a freaking great transition. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just interested as... Is there something that happened to you? Can you think of um, a an event or an experience that happened to you that made you made this be the thing that you constantly check in about? Truth, truth, truth slash trust in the relationship of those two, where something happened, you're like, you know what? From now on, I'm always going to think about this thing, even if you didn't like think about it at the top. Of your I don't head. think I did think about it until um, until. I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know maybe your question was, what have you thought about your whole life? I haven't had consistent thoughts. No, no, no. It's not what have you thought about your whole life. It's just, is, is there something, can you think of an experience that set you on that journey? Well, I guess. I guess. Um, I guess my, I guess being uh, the only girl, mm-hmm. being the youngest and being by myself, probably, you know, more often than not, uh, when I heard, when I heard, I was told a lot of information that I was supposed to believe from my parents, from my brothers. Like I was, um, I, I was often 
told what to think about people, like other people in the family or other people outside the family or friends or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that person's sounds this way. Very, that so, person's this way. Everyone experiences Sounds that. very Southern. No, 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 no. Not like yeah. that. Yeah. Not like that. Bless his heart. He is this. No. My parents are Yankees. Uh-oh. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Goat head. <laughs> um... And uh, I guess... But what do you mean? Like you were told that uh, th- what to think about other people, like in what way? Uh, anything. Well, your grandfather's just this way, or um, people at school are like this. And if I had any um, uh, conflict or experienced something different, that always really confused me. I was like, oh, well, these people are supposed to be the people who know things and then give me information and here I am experiencing something else. Mm. And so that really, I think made me go inside my hole, my head a whole lot more often. It made you go inside your hole. My hole. That's not appropriate. <laughs> or is that appropriately? <laughs> Holy hole. Um, so it made you go inside your whole head, my whole head, my entire head. Hmm. Okay. So because you had that conflict of, they're supposed to be this, but yet they're doing this. Or even, yeah, even just learning the difference between what people's opinions are versus what I experience mm. and how, which one is true, you know? And did you, were you, when you found that what you were told wasn't true, were you resentful or did you see it as like, a, hmm, okay, that's an opinion? Uh, res- resentful a little bit bit initially out of confusion i think right and then when i got older and was able to distinguish it uh you know i'll give you a for instance um my grandmother was uh, very critical of my father okay and they loved each other very much but she was a little, she showed her love by being like you're getting a little fat or you know like when are you gonna do this around the house you gotcha. know, or what yeah um and one time she said something critical of him to me while we were on a vacation or something. And I didn't think it was true or, you know, more importantly, I didn't think it was appropriate for her to say something like that. To How me. old were you? 11. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember what the thing was? It was something about uh, finishing projects, house projects. Oh, you know? yeah. it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't, it never followed. Your father never finishes what he starts. It wasn't. Like yeah. That. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal, but she, the way she said, I could tell it was like really sticking in her craw and she was turning it into some, you know, some larger mm. gross personality flaw as opposed to kind of a charming thing. That that a, I thought it was. That is a big thing though. She saw it, it as a personality flaw. Right. Right. And, right. She, and, and maybe in a sort of a way thought that her parent and, didn't do what it needed to do. Oh, no. She was a mother-in-law. So that's what made it. Oh. Yeah. That's what made it worse. <laughs> that's what made it worse. So she saw a personality flaw that he never finishes stuff. Right. And then you. And then I said that I wouldn't listen to that. You said that? Yeah, yeah. We were at a hotel in Shreveport. And I said, I don't want to hear that. And then I went to the pool or something, you know. At 11? Yeah. And it was... <laughs> Did you go, I don't want to hear that? Was it like an announcement? <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that. And then you like went, cannonball. Or was it like, um, you know what, Grandma? Don't want to hear that. Yeah. Wow. Really matter of fact. Yeah. So you were very uh, mature. 11. I was, but I was steamed, you know? Well, it, you know, I, was, I wasn't going to. I think my, uh, what kept me from acting more angry was that she was my grandmother. And I had a lot of respect for her, too. Mm. I didn't understand why the, you know. Why, all these people that you like why adults didn't... would act like that you know mm. 
Um, it sounds like a great Nickelodeon show, by the way. <laughs> just, just letting you know. Why adults act like that? Why do why adults do those things? That's what you'd call it. And it's about a, a, a little white girl who's been adopted by a bunch of Jamaicans. <laughs> and she's like, why you do those things? <laughs> Your father never finishes a project. I don't want to hear that. Cannonball. <laughs> oh, that girl's always undermining me. Nope. All right. Um, well, to bring us back on track, I'm going to read this other quote that you sent me. I asked Lisa to send me some quotes because I, I realized I would be completely unprepared. No. Am I right? Anyone? Okay. Everyone's just staring. Um, even the people listening are just staring. Like, <laughs> like Get on. Anyone, anyone listening, just download a picture of me and uh, put it on your car mirror or something. And whenever I say something stupid, just look at me like, Baron, <laughs> what a hell. I'm going to do that right whenever I leave. That, why you do that ting? Why you do that? And why you do that ting? Well, I met this girl. I worked with this woman recently named Emily Ting. Mm-hmm. And that was what I always said to her. I was like, why you do those tings? Mm-hmm. Like, right? And then I realized I was watching that movie. Horrible, horrible movie called Daybreakers. Did you, uh, did you see that movie? About vampires? The, yeah, the premise was everyone's a vampire. Mm-hmm. What if everyone was a vampire? And then that means that we ran out of blood, brother. Right? And it's Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe's in it. What the and, and that's what I kept saying anytime he appeared because the movie was so over the top that every time he came on screen, we're like, Willem, what'd you do, Defoe? <laughs> I kept saying that out loud. And my friend Todd was very entertained by it. Here's the other here's the other quote that you that you sent me. It's by Pietro Arentino. I just like the way I said that. Do you? Yeah, it's probably incorrect. Okay, let me see here. I love you. <laughs> I can't not read it in that jo- that voice. I love you, and because I love you, I would sooner have you hate me for telling you the truth than adore me for telling you lies. Ooh. That's from Never Ending Story. What? That's from Strange Brew. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you bring that into my How house? How dare you? Um, yeah, okay, I like that one, but tell me what it means to you. Um, to me, that means, uh... I'll tell you my translation afterwards. <laughs> okay. Are you sure you don't want to go first? No, go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> Mine's great. <laughs> um, well, I, I, it, to me, that means that you, I would hope if you were in a relationship with anyone that you would want to be told the truth instead of... Lies. Lies. Um... We, you go first because my brain is a little mush right now. Well, as Richard Pryor once said, when you love someone, you got to love the crusts of a motherfucker. That's mm-hmm. what he used to say. You got to love the crusts, not just the bread, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that means that you got to, you know, if you loving someone is respecting them and then respecting them is telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. And that means like even if you think it's going to hurt their feelings, ultimately the truth is what's best, Right. The truth will out. Honesty is the best. Blah blah blah. And the worst thing you can do to someone, the most disrespectful thing, is is assume that you know better than them What's, what they should know. Right. Right. And that's when a relationship starts to turn into something that's highly dysfunctional. Well, it's interesting because I feel like the modern relationship, you know, what the the dynamic for information is, is that people are very sensitive and very. Um, afraid to hear the truth a lot of the time 
There's a lot of things that we don't like to think about. For some reason, we're obsessed with everything's got to feel great all the time. Nothing can be bad, <laughs> right? But it seems like a lot of the time, like I feel like I know people, many, many people, and I've done this too, where I know that who I'm with doesn't like certain information. And if I give them that information, they're going to be upset, regardless of how it does or doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I had a friend of mine recently talk to me. She was telling me, she was asking me about what to do about this. She has, this, she's with this guy and she's been with him for a lot, a long time. And she likes him a lot. And she's never, ever, 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 ever asked him about his past relationships. Right. And she was thinking about doing that. You know, and I, and I, but she was afraid because she said something that she was afraid of getting retroactively jealous. Mm. I'm like, well, that does, he's not with them. Right. Like he's with you. And obviously, you know, exist in the present. Right. And I was trying to figure out, like, what is the thing that was really going on? Because I'm like, is she afraid that she's going to hear certain information that's going to be like, oh, no, I picked a bad one. Mm. Now that I've heard X, Y and Z, it means that you're going to do X, Y and Z to me. Right. But I, I, I feel like we never really got to the bottom of it. Because I wasn't really maybe expressing myself the best because it was on instant messenger. <laughs> you know, which- well, you know, there's a difference between have, being in a relationship where ignorance is bliss or and. And then there's a difference between that and kind of wantonly not wanting to hear things so that you can be in a bubble. Be in a bub. Okay, let's start again. Be in a bubble. Let's start that thought again. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Um, There's a difference between, you know, uh, not wanting to hear things that you don't need to know about and versus, you know, like wanting to be, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, I think that's a... Thank you for giving up in the in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> you're, like, you're welcome. Because, uh, I'm the Sarah Palin uh, of sentences. Sarah Palin of sentences. Um, there is a... Um, wow, I totally just forgot what I was going to say. Cool, it's catching. Yeah, Contagion. Oh, well, I was going to say that there is this weird idea that people seem to have in relationships where people don't like to to believe or know that they had any sort of relationship before them. Right. Like, it's like, what? You loved someone else? Mm. How can that be? You know? And I think that's totally ridiculous to, to actively not want to hear anything about someone's previous relationship. But I also think it's ridiculous to tell someone everything. Yeah. And, every, and that, that's really that's what I was going to say. That's what I was like. There always seems to be this this weird um, thing where it's like we, re- we want to know the things that we don't really want to know. Right. And the things that we think we don't need to know are the things we do mm-hmm. need to know. It's like, you, sure, you should know that I've been in a relationship before, before you, and that some of these people I'm still friends with, right? Do I need to tell you the intricate details of what sex with that person was like? Right. No. But some people, like, if they can't get that out of their head, that's when the jealousy starts to, if they can't get it out of the head of imagining you with somebody, then they want to know the details, but they don't really. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to know. No, I don't want to know what you guys did in the bedroom. I don't want to know, like, any of that stuff. But, like, I do want to know, like, how you guys communicated with each other. Right. You know, if you're still friends, um, then obviously that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see that as, like, oh, you're still friends with your ex? That's bad. You're still in love with them. It's like, well, no, maybe we're just, we had a good connection and we grew past it. Yeah. And we're friends. That you should take that as a, you should take that as I know how to communicate <laughs> with someone and to be mature. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when when stuff doesn't work out or doesn't go in a certain direction, right? Am I I'm alone in this? Right. I do. There's a period of time where you should have some distance from that person. Yeah, um, definitely. And you should always gauge your partner's comfort level about any time that you spend with that. And that's person. that's the hard one. Yeah, that's the hard one because especially if you make someone feel like they're insane for feeling their feelings, mm-hmm. which can happen, especially if it's a person who feels a lot of feelings that are. Um, have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> like, it's like, well, we're not really dealing with the issue, so you're going to continue to yell at me about this thing because the thing that you're really angry about is something that you don't understand in yourself, brother or sister. Pa-reach it. Or a hermaphrodite. Or what do you call What if you, have a, if you have a hermaphrodite for a sibling? What do you call it? Yeah, I know. You're totally stumped. You are totally stumped. If you stumped. have a hermaphrodite for a sibling. The sister? Sis brother? I, do you want like a real answer? Penis is always on top of the vagina, right? If the person has two sets of genitals. Uh, no. Are you sure? Sometimes the vagina's on top and then there's a penis under it? If you have a vagina. <laughs> this is a great wait, hold on, hold on. Do they, yeah. do they have like internal gonads or do they have like an actual penis? Well, now we're just getting into semantics. <laughs> like which one is more fully functional? I think that's. Right. Okay. Do they have a uterus? So that that Do is they true. Have a period. Mm, mm. Do they have just a little like praying mantis penis that wiggles? Wow, you've thought about this just now. Just now, but you got into you. You're right because I didn't even think about like I guess whenever I think of a hermaphrodite, I think of somebody that has two fully functional sets, which is of genitalia. I don't which even is, know if that happens. I don't think that happens. It's always one one one's got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's either it's a, it's. it's a, just, it's sometimes it's either it's either ninety ten or eighty twenty. <laughs> Just like if you have a parasitic twin, you won that battle. You're the alpha. It's the same with genitals. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying so if there's one thing that we can we can see that you clearly think is that hermaphrodite genitals genitals is either a winning or a losing battle with the parasitic twin. That after hermaphroditic genitals 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 I can't even say it hermaphroditic hermaphroditic genitals are like having a parasitic twin in your crotch yes okay good that is that is well a, put well put sir that is a statement that we can finally one statement Let's stand behind it <laughs> that we can stand behind uh so what were we talking about before we started talking about hermaphrodites well we were talking about the quote oh shit <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think uh i think I think whenever you okay, whenever you become complacent mm-hmm. with hearing lies, mm-hmm. and that can take any form, whether it's just, um, you know, ad- admitting that maybe you guys need you, you as a couple need to work on things, yeah. go to a counselor, or you know, saying that you don't or not believing that you do, or actively lying to someone. Well, I that's mean, it's it's a slippery slope that and that starts. is a that is a thing that I that I sometimes struggle with because it's like some people just can't hear the truth. It doesn't matter if it is or isn't the truth. They just can't hear it. They're not an emotional place. They're not the kind of human being that can process. And there have been people. It depends on how important the person is to me in my life that if I am going to because if it's something that I know is going to make them upset. And throw them into a ridiculous spiral of depression or bummedness, which I believe is bumditude. Bumditude, which I believe is the real clinical term for it. Um, I'm sorry, Derek. You suffer from 
a cute bum to do. <laughs> a cute bum to do is the best. <laughs> That's my pet's name. A cute bum to do is anything you can do that? Yes, I've written you a prescription for some chill pills. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's ridiculous. That might be a good sketch that I'll well, have to write. I think that you won't, you wouldn't, you don't tell people things that they don't need to know unless they ask. Well, I, if they ask, then truth. If they don't ask, you only tell if you think. It's going to help. It's going to. See, I because sometimes. I don't, sometimes I don't think if you I, gauge on hurt or help. But sometimes if I, I guess I, sometimes if I know something about somebody that, that I hate being the one to tell them. Give me an example. Let's. Just like if I have information about somebody that I know they need to hear, but I know it's going to really bum the shit out of them. All right, let's give, let's, let me give a theoretical example. Okay, give me a theoretical example. Well, here, let me give you a real world one and then give me a theoretical one. Okay, let's say uh, that you were dating someone and their sibling hit on you. Okay. Is it, is it appropriate to tell that person the truth? See, that's 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 a hard one, actually, because it depends on the relationship between the sibling. Right. Like if that's if that's her sister and that's her really close sister, Mm -hmm. then. First of all, I would be amazingly shocked in a sort of a way that her sister would, I guess, betray her or, you know, in that sort of way. That is that is that is like that's really rude and disrespectful. I see her sister has disrespected the shit out of her. Mm -hmm. So. Immediately, I would not respect the person, not respect the sister, mm-hmm. and and you would act differently. Now, if you decided, I would, I would definitely act differently. If you just, if your partner picked up on that, Pick, picked then, up on me acting differently to the sister, and then asked yeah. why. If they asked why, I would tell. But you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think them. I would. I don't think I would volunteer the information, right? Because I think that is, you know, because it also because if if it if it happens, it means that we're all somewhere. I guess in my brain, it's like if, if her sister's hitting on me, we're in a place where her sister would be, which means that we're like at some sort of family gathering or some sort of function or some sort of party, right? And either uh, and maybe your sister lives in the same town, which means that we run into that person all of the time. Mm. But I definitely would treat the sister differently. I would definitely not engage with her as much. I would Not be in the room alone. Not be, yeah, not be in the room alone because I also don't want it, her to think that um, I'm interested you know, unless I was interested, then that's a completely different thing. If I was interested, then that's a Hit conversation. It and quit it. No, I'm not. No, because if it, because yeah, I'm gonna hit it and quit it. No, because if I was interested in actually, not not, it would have to be more than sex. Menage a trois. No, not with sisters. That would be crazy, <laughs> weird. Like that Sklar brothers about twins. Scar, they had that joke about twins where people were like, oh, you want to have sex with twins? Like, yeah. oh, you want to commit incest? That's your that's yeah, your that's fetish gross. is that's to gross. have incest. Um. But like, uh, yeah, because I wouldn't want the sister to think that I'm interested. But if I was interested in the sister, it would be in an emotional way, not a sexual way. You right. know what I'm saying? Like if right. the sister, but hitting on implies that it's a sexual and thing. And if it was emotional, you would presumably have a conversation. I would definitely yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. Because th- that's something that's going on. Yeah. And it's like if I want to be with this girl's sister. you can't have a one-sided emotional honestly i believe i would probably if i was interested in the girl's sister emotionally i wouldn't date either of them that is a good rule of thumb unless you're in a woody allen movie unless you're in a, just yeah unless you're in a woody, i wouldn't date either of them because it's like that's a lot to ask of both of them you know to to be okay with me switching i guess 
Like now I'm with this sister. Like it's like, especially in my sort of way. Or that movie with uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't know which one. Christmas movie. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Where with Luke Wilson and the one that you think is a romantic comedy, but but like Diane Keaton dies. Yeah, Diane Keaton dies. <laughs> you're like, the, oh, this is gonna be great, and she's like the matriarch, and you're like, oh, I love her, and then she's just got swap, cancer. They just swap sisters. Yeah, that's right. And isn't it like who is the, it? The is sister it a, swap with the brothers. Is it Amanda Peet or somebody that he? Is no, it's uh, Claire Mac- Danes. Claire Danes. That's right. Yeah. Is it one of the Wilsons too? Isn't it Luke? Luke Wilson it comes with Sarah Jessica Parker, who's a shitty person. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, who comes with Sarah Jessica Parker? That's right. Dermot it, D- Dermot, that's right. The brothers, they're like, they're friends, but they switch sisters. <laughs> and everyone's fine with that. Yeah, yeah. It's the, kind of ridiculous. It was the mom died, and then everything became okay. Well, you know, if someone dies, and you, 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 you realize what your priorities really are. Right. Am I right, Mrs. Dalloway? Who's? It's a Virginia Woolf book. Um... <laughs> I don't know why, because the I don't know why. I love that you're like who, and I'm like yeah, I'm a know it all. Boom. I'm a know it all too. I just didn't know that. Well, she dies. Is it Mrs. Dalloway or Mrs. Calloway? It's Mrs. Dalloway. Mrs. Calloway is Cab's wife. Heidi. Hi. Her name is Heidi. Her name is Heidi. <laughs> Heidi. Mrs. Calloway. Um, that was a boom. <laughs> that was a boom. Anyway, back to your proverbial. I mean, your proverbial. Your your theoretical situation. Your proverbial theoretical situation. <laughs> Um, in my estimation, if the sister hits on me and she's only interested in sexually, then I, I'm not interested because that's rude to her sister who I'm obviously with. Mm-hmm. Right. I wouldn't bring it up to the sister mm-hmm. except that she would notice that I treat her sister differently. Mm-hmm. And, um, when she asks why I would say she hit on me, blah, 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 blah. And then she would probably say, why didn't you tell me when it happened? I assume that's going to be the first question. Right. And I'd be like, because... I, I I just didn't want to hurt you. I thought it was amazingly disrespectful that she she did that, and we were at your freaking you know mom's second wedding. Well, the <laughs> you, the presumption there is that like the, if if that can go away, mm-hmm. then everyone can just be all the better for not knowing. But what it comes down to is also, I think that deep down, deep down with this with this theoretical girlfriend, I don't trust her to not freak out. Right. If I tell her in the moment, she's going to go slap her sister and make a scene. Yeah. But like you said, that depends upon your interpretation of their relationship. Exactly. And it also depends on the relationship I'm with with that girl. Like she sometimes freaks out and gets really angry. Then, um, you know, that stuff happens. Um, Anyway, let's wrap it up. Like it's a delicious sandwich with some iceberg lettuce. Uh, You lost me. (laughs) And some Parmesan cheese. You put what? What is this sandwich? And some chickens, and some some ranch Caesar. When salad. are you gonna start talking about pickles? It was supposed to be a chicken Caesar salad wrap, but I realized that when I was trying to um, list the ingredients, that I have no idea what's in a chicken. You Caesar are salad. from Las Vegas. <laughs> oh yeah, is that what? Yeah, yeah. You people from Vegas always eating wraps with your chicken Caesar salad. You wraps. guys gotta put stuff in freaking bread, don't you? Always eat your pitas and your tatitas. You with your Parmesan iceberg. So here's a here's a here's another thing that a friend of mine just did. A friend of mine who's a um a female and she's with this guy. And she she this is recent she told me this because it was it was interesting that she told him something that she and in retrospect she's like, I didn't need to tell him that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's something I should tell a friend. 
mm-hmm. but not my boyfriend. Right. Right. And basically what it was was she she sometimes when she's feeling down, you know, um, before she will text exes. But not exes. It was like she kind of had like a couple guys that like she was sort of in a thing with. And a lot of it had to do with her own wanting to feel loved and important. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times her habitual pattern was to um, get attention from get attention. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In that sort of a way. And um, yeah, but she's not with any of those guys anymore. Right. And she had that habit. She had that feeling that she wanted to do that. Because she was like feeling particularly lonely in a moment, did but then she, didn't did, do it. Oh, that's the crux. She didn't do it, and the reason is because the guy that she's with, she likes him so much that she doesn't feel that she needs to do that. But when she's just like the need to smoke a cigarette or something. Exactly. So she's like, you know what? I don't need that in attention because I feel fulfilled in what I'm in, right? And then when she talked to him, she told him that, you know. She she said that she really put it badly. She said she meant to say like, "This is my habit, and you inspire me, so I don't have to do that thing." But the way she she said it, she just realized that like it was kind of shitty the way that she put it. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I could totally go fuck somebody else, right. but I'm not because I like you. Right. She didn't say that, but she's like, it's almost like she's like she came off that way. Right. And she's like, wow, that was something that's shitty. And she said that also, she was impressed that he. He was like, okay, thank you for telling me. But then she realized, no, that's unacceptable. So he didn't tell her that that was shitty. She realized it. She realized it on her own. And and she she was like, he shouldn't have stood for that. Mm-hmm. You know, he should have been like, hey, that's kind of shitty. I appreciate what you're saying. But I'm like, yeah, I see what you And I told her that she has to give him credit for not freaking out and not getting angry. And that he um, he was very extremely mature about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, but for future reference... You know, you need to have more tact with how you put these things. That's kind of an example of sharing information that isn't necessary because you wanted to tell him the truth, but she put it in a way that painted it very badly. I'm curious about the situation where she brought it up. She brought it up in just a conversation they were having. But I think she brought it up because she saw it as like this great thing that like I didn't do that shitty thing that I do. Yeah, it's like if a guy goes to Vegas and he doesn't. You know, for a bachelor party, and he doesn't get a lap dance, or he doesn't let a prostitute suck his dick, and then he comes back and he's like, "Guess what did not happen to me?" But then it puts it in your head that yeah, that, those are the things yeah, that he was that thinking was the about thing doing. You were considering yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's why she was like, "Hmm, maybe I shouldn't have just laid that in his head because right. I don't want him to be." But it is an issue of trust mm-hmm. in that, and luckily they have a good relationship and they trust each other. It sounds like it, yeah. Right. So that's what, and that's what it comes down to. She feels a certain amount of trust for him, trusted. So she felt that she could tell tell him this, but then she realized that she didn't do it in the best possible way. Like she could have choose, chosen her words more carefully. Yeah. She could have. And then she realized that like, maybe that's a thing that I don't tell my boyfriend. Maybe that's something I say to a friend like, ah, I thought about doing the shitty thing, but I didn't. Isn't that great? I'm like, yeah, that's great. And it, and it is, it's really never a good idea to tell someone that you almost did something shitty or good for them, but then didn't do it. It's almost going like, like I was going to get you a birthday present. Yeah. But I didn't. And the birthday present was not being shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I decided, that's not important. Right. right. Scooting, not and dootin', deetin', dot and dootins. What was that? That was just me scoot, scatting for no reason. Um. Anyway, back to truth. <laughs> T-R-O-O-F. Um, truth clutes. Truth, truth, the clute, the clute truth. 
Um, Kloof Truth, we will always be together. All right, that's stupid. Um, more like Truth Kloop. I got nothing. Um, please cut all this out. Uh, I'm joking. This is all true. That's what Eddie Azard always says. Um, but we're bringing it back, bringing it back to life and back to reality. So I guess the crux of it is... Mm-hmm. What's the crux? What is, is, is the idea of truth even subjective? Well, but that's the thing, right? That's that people are trying to say that it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Truth is truth, right? Right. The universe is the universe. That doesn't mean we should all be Spock. No, it doesn't. Or not Spock, but, but a, someone who's 100% um, Klingon. We seem to... For all my nerds out there, what? what? And I think the thing is that the, it, it, maybe it's just, it is an existential crisis when you think about what is truth. That truth has nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. and that doesn't appeal to our egos at all. Right, and that's <laughs> what the Buddha was saying. The second that you start to feel emotions or anger mm-hmm. about something, uh, some bit of information... That is true. Then you're going into yourself. Mm-hmm. It's all about you as opposed to truth, right? right? And maybe step outside of that if you can. Step outside of that if you can. Mm-hmm. And is that something that you have uh, strived to do as of late, LBJ? Yeah, I think that's something that I've accomplished as a, a mature adult. Oh, I thought you were going to say as a mom for some reason. As a mom. The M made me go like, that's something I've achieved as, as a, a mom. mom. I have a ceramic cat. <laughs> That I call, um, what was I going to call the pet? Cludie. No, there was a... I don't remember. I just like Cludie now. All right, Cludie it is. Cludie, which is Tootie, but all about Clute. (laughs) Why did I just let you name my child? I don't know. All right, so... (laughs) As a mature adult... As a mature adult with a ceramic cat named Cludie, I think that I have... uh, And I think a lot of it comes out of experience. Mm Mm-hmm been able to discern uh you know truth from fiction and and uh and 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 be okay with it when it's something you don't like right Mm. i'm cutting you off but i feel like that's part of it i feel like that's something that you have you were like you know what i don't like that this is true but it's true gotta deal with it yeah facing uh, facing things that you don't like is what an adult means, being an adult means. And that sounds like something your parents said, and that's because it's true. Well, but I also, I also think that a lot of our generation's parents didn't, <laughs> didn't face truths that they don't like. Mm-hmm. That's why they have raised a lot of fucked up children. Yeah. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean everything that your parents say is true. And it doesn't mean that uh, they didn't even mean that in a way that I would disagree with. But, but really... The only thing that you can do out of mistakes is to take them like it's a mash, it's a potato. Mm-hmm. So you take it and you make a mashed potato, and then you can make it into a uh, like a little statue. Yes, and you make the statue of the potatoes. And you're like, this means something. I'm sorry. No. Uh. Yeah. You. You take. Yeah. You take. You take all of your mistakes and you make something good out of them, or else you're gonna die unhappy. So well, good luck. Life gives you lemons. Make a cocktail. Right? <laughs> make a make a lemon margarita. Yeah. Nope. I recently talked to a, a friend of oh how I recently talked to a friend of mine who's a parent, and um, she said something really interesting just about her parenting style and that she's never lied to her children, mm-hmm. and that she she will tell them the truth as 
far as she thinks they can process it, depending on what age they are. Yeah. And as they get older, then she adds another layer to right. that thing. You know, it's like, well, it's this. And like, they're five and they can only get this much. Mm-hmm. But then when they're 11, now you can add another layer. When they're 17, here's another one. When they're 30, here's another one. And she gauges what they can handle by the way they ask it or what they ask or... All of the above. Yeah. It's reading the situation because mm-hmm. it depends on what it is. And she said there was something interesting that she's always encouraged her children to have opinions because you were saying that like your parents told you what people are going to be like, right? They also, yeah, they also, they also encourage me to have opinions. But no, 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 I know. So they told you never to have your own ideas. Right. But she just, it was a simple example that she gave me that I thought was interesting. She's like, like if you go to a beach, she's like, I went to, if I go to the beach with my son when he was a child, she's like, I would be like, oh man, that water was really cold to me. Like, I didn't want to go in it because it was really cold. What do you think? Mm-hmm. To her child. And then they have their own, and then suddenly they're like, oh, well, I didn't think it was that cold. It's fine to me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents will go like, don't go in the water. It's cold. Right. And then you've told the child what to think. Mm-hmm. And then to her, that's not you know making them become people right in a sort of a way and then also the truth thing is like she said like the truth it's like if you you lie to your child and you break the trust you know and i always feel like weirdly because i was just watching um um that oscar nominated movie grown-ups the other day um you know starring um well actually a lot of comedians that i love but there was this one moment where um that little child the one in the commercial that goes i want to get chocolate wasted probably the um, maybe one of the most annoying lines I've ever heard in my life. But in the movie, there's some point where I guess she loses her tooth and she's telling her mother, played by Salma Hayek, um, that she's lost her tooth. Mm-hmm. And Salma Hayek is distracted. Like she's trying to get to Milan for some reason. And they, they, they took a detour. Like you do. Yeah, they took a detour and they had packed to go to Italy, mm-hmm. but they can't go. So they're suddenly in these woods with the, all these friends. And she only, ha- only, she only has all these amazing dresses where she's like, I packed to go to Milan and I'm here. So she's on the phone trying to figure out a way to get out of there. But she's on the phone and her daughter's like, Mom, I lost my tooth. And she's like, uh, you know, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone. It's very nice. She's like, Mom, I, I, the tooth came out. I'm on the phone. I will just put it under the pillow. Put it under the pillow. I put the dollar. Mom, I will, I, I put, I will put, the, put it under the pillow. I will put the dollar. And then she realizes what she said. And the daughter has this moment. She goes like, there's, there's no tooth fairy. <laughs> and then she runs out into the night screaming and crying. And then Salma Hayek is really is what she's done. She's broken something yeah, i'm like why was, did you ever tell the bitch there was a tooth fairy in the right, first place right. that's, that's lying, my question that's lying about a, a lie you know i mean there's nothing wrong with fantasy but there's i don't know look there's no santa claus dude i knew there was no santa claus from a young age when you are poor yeah you realize you either realize there's no santa claus or he's a fucking dick yeah like that guy's brought me nothing but socks yeah. eight years in a row <laughs> yeah my mom used to let us open our presents early sometimes mm-hmm and uh, one time she picked out what she thought was slippers for all three of us. She's like, it was like 10 days before Christmas. She's like, okay, each of you have the one present that you can open because we were bitching and moaning so much. So we all opened them up. Brothers got slippers. They're like, oh, okay, whatever, slippers. I opened mine up and it's a fucking Ewok. What? Like a stuffed Ewok or a Wookiee. No, an Ewok. An Ewok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ewok is cuter than a Wookiee. <laughs> no. Yeah, so it was Wicket, the Ewok. Oh, wow. That she had mistaken for slippers because it had the same feel and like, you know. She brought, she bought you the wrong present? She brought, she picked out the presents for us to open. She thought she was they giving were you slippers. Because <laughs> she'd gotten us all slippers. And then I opened mine and it was Wicket. It was E, E, mm-hmm. E. E walks so and we're fine. living on the end of the Yeah, moon. I don't know. I don't know what you. I don't remember 
you know, being told very often that uh, Tooth Fairy stuff or even Santa Claus stuff, I don't really remember that. And I wasn't raised religious. My parents taught me that the Bible was like a literary work. <laughs> it was a fictional thing. You know, like it was yeah. historical, but it was fictional. It's very it was, Yankee, especially it was, for Texas. It, it, yeah, well. No, they, the Yanks in Texas, they're, they're, they're spreading the, the evil. Texans, Texas and Texan, Texas... Um, don't necessarily believe in the Bible either. Some of them do. And those ones are really intense. The they get run do. out of town real fast. Yeah, they all become the president. Um, anyway, here's my final question to you. <laughs> okay. okay. Jerry Springer in 1993. These are my final thoughts. Here's Sometimes bitches rich, rip each other's hair out. And really, aren't we all trying to rip someone's hair out? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I always thought that was so weird that he would be like, here's something intelligent about the bullshit you just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a mayor. Did you know that? Yeah. Or something? Cincinnati. Um, that's right. Mayor Cincinnati. Didn't he become the mayor again after the show went off? Or he, I think he ran again. I think he ran. Anyway. To, to double the sin. Cincinnati. Jerry Springer's <laughs> the mayor. Gagooch. Um, I guess my question to you, Lisa, is moving forward in this thing we called life, dearly beloved... We are gathered. That's, Moving, a, that's an electric word, life. It means forever. electric word means me an awful long time, and I'm here to tell you. There's something. something the undermind. The, <laughs> the undertoad. The aftermind. Um, going forward, what is it that you are going to do or continue to do to strive for truth, sister? <laughs> Hopefully your uterus doesn't start acting up. <laughs> yep. If I get hysterical, that thing's going out. You're going to go have to sit in the red tent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me personally, uh, it's a constant struggle that I'll, ne- I'll, I'll never be. I hope that I'll never perfect because the second that you think that you've perfected something, you are wrong. You're an asshole. Yeah. You're like, oh, I just figured out life. I'm done. Yeah. So, I mean, what I've learned so far is to be responsible and truthful to people and also have expectations of them. Be around people who I feel like know themselves well enough to tell the truth mm-hmm. and not be around people who are not that way. And, uh, you know, those people can be acquaintances. They don't have to be in your life. Those are what you call like emotional vampires. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, being around good people, I think is the easiest way to live your life truthfully. Yeah. The question is what makes a person good? And sometimes a good person turned into evil because of their evil surroundings. (laughs) That sounds like another podcast. Yeah, I know. And that's what it'll be. Another podcast, another time. Thank you very much, Lisa Beth. Thank you. Have fun with your Johnson. <laughs>